What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back to Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. That's right. This is Old School on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Austin Norman in Lincoln. Jay Foreman on the Allo VIP line where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Jay, you mentioned uh, a couple guys that spoke today and Ty Robinson and Nick Henrich looked in better shape to you. But then Matt Rule got to the podium and mentioned one guy uh, that he recruited back to Baylor who then ends up at Nebraska in Joshua Fleeks who came in what Matt Rule said significantly, you know, above his weight, and he got sent home for it. That's just bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever uh, heard that from a, at a wide receiver. Now, I've heard, you know, where they're just not in, like, condition-wise based on, like, coming off an injury and all that type of stuff, but I've never heard of a wide receiver coming in significantly overweight. And you have the question, and I don't know the young man, um, but you have to question, you know, where your dedication at is at because, um, you know, he knows Matt Rule, um, or at least he knows the wide receiver coach very well. He was one of the transport portal, I guess, gifts per se. And you would like to think that he would come in just on that alone in decent shape. Um, but when you come in out of shape significantly and get sent home, uh, that leads me to think you haven't done anything in the off season. So you know that's just something that you have to deal with. And, and listen, it's one of it's one of those things as a coach, regardless if you have a past history with them or not, you have to set the tone. You don't have. I mean, listen, Nebraska hasn't won Kidley Poo in I don't know how long. Okay, went to like I think the last bowl game they went to is in 2016. Got the brakes beat off them. There is no standard around here, and he's trying to set the standard. And the standard is, you know, he had all off season. You know, coming in from spring ball. Uh, if you needed to get in shape and, and rehab from an injury and they would know where you're at as far as physically, you know, getting back into condition shape. But when you show up significantly overweight, uh, it leads to believe, unless there's an injury thing, it leads to, like, you know, to, to assume that you weren't necessarily dedicated to your craft and it makes you question your dedication. Now, now he can recover from it. I don't know the stipulations or how the conversation went, but to get sent home, I've never seen a or heard of a receiver or a defensive back uh, get sent home. Now, I've seen guys, some guys being held out because of that, right? Held out of practice. And that's at the pro level. Now, they got fined with it. They got fined mm-hmm. with that as well. Um, and But no, nothing at the college level. And, and really, I had had to really stretch my mind to hear about a lineman. I'm thinking of maybe one you know, one instance where a linebacker might have came in a little bit overweight, and I'm thinking about it, he was coming off a couple, you know, off-season surgeries, and he wasn't, you know, able to get back to where he could really condition. 
so he practiced. They kind of stair-stepped him in practice. But this situation being sent home, that lets you know that the disappointment is there, right, mm-hmm. that you got sent home. Um, because if it was something to where, say, I would say I had, off, like Ty Robinson, I think he had off-season shoulder surgery, and he need, you know, or like I say, like a knee issue, a cleanup, and you're late in the in the off season, and you're you're getting your condition. You could still report to camp. They would practice you, you know, as needed. Whereas this guy here, um, it seems like uh, you know he was at home and or wherever he was at, and showed up significant significantly um, out of shape. And being a receiver. All you really do in the offseason or should be doing is running, working on your quickness, catching the football. So even if you are supposedly allowed to practice, you wouldn't be able to get through practice in this type of heat in Nebraska. So, you know, really send him back home and, and see where his mind is and go from there. I A couple things I'll add to that for you to jump off on. First of all, it's weird that it's a receiver, but also weird that it's a sixth-year senior a guy that's been around college football for a long time. And he was at Baylor for five seasons, recruited by Matt Rule, and his sixth year he shows up, you know, out of shape and gets sent home. It makes you wonder if there was an issue at some point we didn't hear about down in Baylor. But it's the relationship with Matt Rule that really drives this conversation for me, Jay, because Matt Rule recruited him at Baylor, you know, brings him to Nebraska out of the transfer portal, and this is how Josh Fleek's, you know, I don't say repays him, but shows up. You know, he's expected to be a leader. It's a guy Matt Rue, I think, was really yeah. going to, to lean on in that receiver room. And the first impression of him after, you know, summer going into a you know pivotal first year as a head coach, one of the guys you trust most shows up not just overweight, but significantly overweight to the point you have to literally send him home. That's a huge factor yeah. of disappointment, I would think. Well, I think it's one of those things that, like you said, he's supposed to be a leader. He's supposed to be that bridge guy, right? He's in the last mm-hmm. year of his eligibility. He's had some injury issues, probably maybe had some issues, maybe like this at Baylor. I can't speak to that. But ultimately, him coming here, he's been, he was given an opportunity to play, an opportunity to earn his playing time. Matt Rule has a more of a uh, playbook on him than anybody else. You expected him to do one thing and one thing only, at least. Show up in shape, work hard, and be somebody that can be a almost an assistant coach to a very, very young position coach mm-hmm. that he has known since they've been in high school and in college. So not only did you let Matt Rule down, you let yourself down, and you let Coach McGuire go down. Also, you, 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 you can have players looking at you as somebody that they can judge a coach on that they don't know. They haven't went through a two-a-days together. So that's why he had to jettison him and get him out of there, and I don't know how he's going to handle it. But ultimately, being 180 pounds, what he's listed at, or even 190, to show up significantly overweight, you just been sitting on your butt all year, all, all season, in the hot, you know, in Nebraska. There's no – you could walk down the block and lose some weight. So it lets me know you haven't done anything. And really, to be honest with you, he would have been better off not reporting himself so he didn't expose himself, his relationship with Matt Rule and Coach McGuire to the point that he was sent home. That's not what you want to do. But I'm going to tell you what, I commend anybody that's willing to, you know, make a rule, stick to it, doesn't matter who it is, send them home, get your mind right. If your mind's not right, see you later. To, to that point, 
Miles Farmer suspended. I think that's the other big news. That's a guy that has started plenty of games at safety for Nebraska. We saw this during spring ball. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Where Matt Rule suspended Anthony Grant, uh, again, presumable starting running back. We're here at the start of fall camp, and Miles Farmer is suspended. So, right. to your point, you can say what you want about Matt Rule, but you can't question the the consistency and that the standard, at least from the outside looking in, seems to be the same for everybody. Yeah, I mean, listen, what these kids need to understand is what you did before doesn't mean anything. The majority of them haven't done Tilly Poo. Now, you might have played good at times and done something else, but there's nobody on the roster that you need to make special exceptions for. And so at the end of the day, whether you like the rules, love the rules, or indifferent, you need to follow the rules to AT. Now, whether I don't know the details on the suspension or whatever, but there's certain things that you were made abreast of, I'm sure, uh, 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 you know, over time that haven't been rectified. So now you're not, so now what you've done is put yourself in the position where you're behind the eight ball in a thick competition for the safety position. And And what these kids need to understand, if he can't trust you to follow rules, then how can he trust you to play? And I'm, I don't know what the rules are, and I don't know what the rules are for if they vary per player or just, you know, depending on the situation. But I'd, I'd venture to think they're not that hard. So if, if, if you love football that much, you're going to do what you need to do in order to get on the field because the ultimate payoff to go through a little, you know, BS per se is to get out there and play. Now you're suspended for who knows how long, whoever you're competing against is getting reps. And what they don't understand is, unless you're a really next-level player, and if you're the competition is there, whoever is getting those reps, the defensive coordinator is starting to get comfortable with how he plays. The linebackers are getting more comfortable with how he plays. The defense is getting more comfortable with how he plays. And if he's playing well, then all of a sudden now you're showing up if you were, say, code number one coming out of spring. Now you're starting at second-team reps. It had nothing to do with athletic ability or what you've done. It's what you didn't do which is hurting you right now. And the rules can't be that hard because pretty much everyone else has followed them. So it's not like they're, you know, going overboard for one person. About five minutes here, Jay, or as long as you have on this. Uh, We want to get to it in the NFL realm, still football, obviously. Jonathan Taylor versus Jim Mersey. Huge war of words breaking my heart over here in Colts land. The former Texan in you, I'm sure, is laughing. What do you you make of everything coming out of uh, Indianapolis? I mean, it's just crazy. You got an owner talking about if he died and Jonathan Taylor doesn't play in the NFL, nobody would care. Uh, he talked about him, uh, you know, being on the forefront of paying players. He talked about all the great things that he's done about paying players, right? 
mm-hmm. you ain't paying your best player. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I mean, it's great that you've done all these things in the past. Jonathan Taylor cares about right now. Um, and I do understand where the Colts is coming from. He's coming off a, you know, an injury year where he didn't, you know, lead the league in rushing. But his first two years, he was pretty much unstoppable. Um, and in the, in the, in the, I think where you're seeing the anger come from Jonathan Taylor is the lack of, per se, coming to the table to talk. Mm. It's very it, – they're, they're not communicating, you know, person to person or agent to, you know, GM. Ursa is talking directly at Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor isn't liking it. You know, Jonathan Taylor, you know, definitely went back on that. He showed up with a back injury or is not practicing with a back injury. The Colts are trying to get, you know, floated it out there that they might be able to get some money back. See, that's the petty type of stuff that gets you left, right? At the end of the day, you know that player wants to get paid. At the end of the day, Jonathan Taylor knows that they want to pay them or they want to pay he, they want to pay him a little bit less than whatever his highest true market value is. I don't understand when you have really good players and you just come off a, a year that where you had to hire a new coach, draft a quarterback that potential first and production last until he gets better at number four, and you got Gardner Minshew as your starter with a rookie with a young rookie head coach and the highest-paid offensive line in the league, and one of the best young running backs at 24 years old, not even hitting his prime, that you're up here playing these cat-and-mouth games in the media. You know, there's an old saying, man, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, do a lot of talking and want to do the talking on social media and all that stuff. See, if I'm Jonathan Taylor, i got to come see you, Jack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. you got to smell my cologne, like we used to say. He was like, And the thing is, what that is, He's got to be face-to-face because he's got to respect you. If not, and if he has no intentions of ever paying you, then there's no reason for Jonathan Taylor to expose himself. Now, sure, go out there and have a really good year, and if you could do some sort of kind of like amendment to the contract where they can't franchise you, and if they don't pay you, you know, if there's not a new contract by certain date, then you become a free agent, well, then that's great because then that's a risk that you're willing to take as a player. But uh, for an owner to hold court, and then put out smoke screens in the media is probably uncalled for. And it's not a good look, really, to be honest with you, when agents see it and other free agents see it, because Jim Irsay is, is as good an owner as he's been. He's built Indianapolis up to where they have multiple, like, big team championships and stuff like that there. Um, he could lose some credibility and lose some things because he's always been a loose cannon. It runs in the family, and it's unfortunate because things were going well for a while, and then Andrew Luck retires, and it really feels like it snowballed from the Colts fans' perspective because, you know, between the Super Bowl, uh, even the loss to the Saints, and really Luck's retirement, we didn't hear that much from Jim Irsay, but ever since then, it really feels like he's been meddling like he, he always prided himself on being involved right and I think that's good for owners to be involved but what Jim Mercy is doing now is too much of the business right you hire a GM for the reason like what is it about owners that make them want to just jump in the picture so much sometimes well I think it's the ego and also they, they you know obviously they've been successful in other businesses and so they view they can be successful at you know being a GM um, this is not monopoly and this is not playtime. And, uh, you, you know, people are playing for keeps out here, especially when you have a family to feed. So I think, you know, that that really jumps into it. And plus that father time clock is starting to tick. 
And I think he's made some investments in players that, that have been bad investments. And now you're trying to hold it against Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor doesn't mm-hmm. care about that. He cares about Jonathan Taylor, just like the Colts care about themselves. So hopefully they can come to some sort of conclusion. If not, uh, the Colts will be picking in the top five again next year. They might anyways, even if he does come back. But uh, I guess we'll see. Jay, safe travels. We'll talk soon. All right, man. That's Jay Foreman with us here on Old School. We'll take one more break. Got a segment left of the show. We'll bring that to you on the other side.